what is up, guys? And what's good? Here we are listening to Breaking and Beautiful News Podcast. As always, I want to thank all of our listeners for your support. If you would like to contribute financially to this podcast, you can do so by going to our listener support page, which I will have listed in the about section. Please do not feel like you have to contribute financially, but it would help because it does take a lot of time and energy and resources to produce this podcast for you guys. I hope that all of you are having a wonderful week. I had a little scare last night, health-wise. In the middle of the night, my ventilator came disconnected and we couldn't figure out later, and the nurse ended up getting my other ventilator and putting that one. But it was just eerie situation for a few minutes, and I almost lost consciousness at one point. But the Lord brought me through, and I'm here today talking to all of you. But I am a bit tired, so if I sound that way, then you know why. So for this week's episode, we are going to be talking about family dynamics. And we are going to have a special guest host, who is my father, Matthew Stewart. He will be joining us in a little while to talk about his experience of being a father to a disabled child. But first, we are going to jump right in to our key misconceptions because every week we are misconceptions that people have about how people with disabilities and try to set the record straight. So for our first misconception that we are going to address this week, we are going to talk about the misconception that people with disabilities live in constant pain. No, that is not true. Yeah, I don't know if you that, but it's wrong. And I'm telling you now, if you didn't know, now you know. That we are not constantly in pain. Now, if I am in pain, I take pain medicine. I suppose it takes holistic medicine rather than pharmaceutical pain medicine. I have a very high tolerance for pain medicine, so I have to take a lot of it to feel any kind of relief. I do take medicinal marijuana when my pain is really bad. That is the only thing that helps my pain. And I do not smoke it. I eat it in the form of a liquid or a chocolate type of candy, something like that. 
I Behind me, right? it's not like I have some 
Outside doing a lot of yard work, um, but other than that, uh, I'm feeling good. I'm yeah. excited about this. This is my first interview on a worldwide podcast. You're right. Yes, way. Oh, oh. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. All right. Stop. Hey, 
Sure. Um, for me, there's very little difference um, to being your dad as, as there was to being Matt's dad, uh, especially when you were younger. Uh, as you've, uh, when you were real young, uh, when mom had you, and then once you were diagnosed and we brought you home and um, there was a lot of care at home that mom had to do, well, that was all on mom. I did very little. Um, I can't take uh, any of mom's glory because she it was a labor of love for her and uh, she supported me. And at that time, we were a one-income family, so right. I had to work a lot. And so really, the, there was no difference between you and Matt you know, as babies. And then as you grew up, um, what changed was just that you had special needs that, uh, whether it be access, you know, to the home and, and uh, putting lamps in and, you know, things like that. And, and then as, as uh, you got older, uh, from a financial perspective, we didn't have financial support as far as insurance assistance until you got what up in your teens, yeah, probably, seven. and um, you know. So up until that, we uh, the financial uh, you know burden was there, which was different than Matt's. And and then as far as once uh, once we uh, moved back from North Carolina because of the type of work your mom and I did, we had to hire uh, caregivers that could take care of you outside of uh, what the insurance paid. Now. So there were several years that that was there, but really for us, you know, there's there wasn't a whole lot as far as nothing I would consider a real struggle. I mean, it's a struggle raising healthy children, trying to protect them, trying to feed them and clothe them and uh, give them the things they need to grow and learn and all that stuff. But I think with you, if I had to sum it up, you know, as far as about uh, raising a disabled child, it definitely takes a different type of patience, and I'm not a very patient person, and uh, you can attest to that. You say amen real loud there if you want. I am saying She says, ah, smart, smart host, <laughs> smart host. But as far as, uh, you know, that, that's it. It just takes uh, patience just because of, you, know, you can do everything I can do. It's just that it takes a I little bit. Can um, I plead the fifth. I, I plead the fifth. I learned from you. But as far as uh, you can do everything that I can do, and yes, some things you do much better. But it just takes a little bit longer, so you got to be patient. As you've gotten to be a grown woman, um, there's logistics problems as far as getting you from point A to B, even in the house. It's that, that makes it a challenge for your caregivers. And then as of late, if I could say, uh, you work your old dad pretty hard when i got to fix everything that breaks. Between you and your mother, it's a full-time job. It's like, I think you and your mom try to tear things up. But But I would say um, it's definitely uh, the struggle is well worth it. The blessing that comes far outweighs any of the, if you could even classify it as a struggle, God gives special grace, you know, to deal with special 
situations. And, and that's one thing um, that he, God has given us faithfully is the grace to deal with what we have and wouldn't trade it for nothing. You have no regrets? No regrets at all. We'll do it in a heartbeat. Uh, would have taken a twin sister, even though I would have uh, probably liked a twin brother, uh, just so I could have had more boys around. Because, you know, I got to deal with you and your mother and Darla. And that's tough. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, no regrets. My no regrets. Everybody who is not aware of that, she's my little sitting in my lap right now. Don't let her hear she's a dog. She thinks she's her sister. She doesn't know. Now, what about your experience going through Lindsay diagnosis? Losing her and then finding out that I had the same thing. How did you handle it? I was so young, your mom was so young when Lindsay was diagnosed. That would have been in uh, December of 87, and uh, I would have just turned 24 the month before. So, um, as odd as it sounds, when she was diagnosed, I really lived in denial cloaked in faith, if that makes any sense. I believe God would take care of her, and in some regards, my faith caused me to deny what the doctors told us. Basically, they said to take her home and love her. There's no cure. She should live to be two years or less. So there was partial denial in that I didn't believe the doctors because I, by faith, chose to believe God. And fast forward from there, when God decided to take her home to be with him, I was devastated. I, uh, my faith was, was uh, shaken. I had bitterness, terrible. For about nine months, um, I still was going through the motions of doing the things that I had always done, but inside of me, I was bitter. I was angry. I didn't know why God did what he did. I didn't understand it. I Looked around the world and saw people that wanted to murder their child in the womb. And all I wanted was a child to raise. And I didn't understand why, you know, he took her when he did. But I will say that um, because God allowed uh, Matt to come into our life, uh, nine months after Lindsay's death, nine and a half months after she died, and that's, that's kind of what snapped me out of the bitterness and probably a little depression, a little sadness. And um, it kind of snapped me out of it because I had another baby, you know, to raise. And he was such a happy, bouncing baby boy. And he just, he, he made it easy to move on past Lindsay. You never forget her. I still to this day, I think about her often. And it's not something that I'll, I'll ever forget. But Matt helped us, helped me. Your mom, I think she was much more mature and spiritually strong than I was. And, uh, but Matt helped me to bounce back. And, uh, and then when, when you came into our life and then was diagnosed, it was a, a totally different experience for me because I knew what had happened with Lindsay. So my faith was stronger when you were diagnosed than it was with Lindsay because I just knew that that was all I had. I didn't have anything but faith. And I hate to put it that way because that, that's the, you know, by faith and the power of prayer, that's the, the greatest power that we have. And God gives that to us freely as his children. And so now I just, I, it was more serious to me when I pray about it. I knew what the possible outcome was because we lived it 
and God knew my heart, I didn't want that outcome with you. There were times my faith wavered. There were times I was really worried uh, as a dad. And, that was um, my next question. Yeah, I mean, I would just get ahead of, this, of the time, and I'd be thanking God if you... I don't know what I'm going to do if you choose to take her home, and and it was a it was a struggle. But what was different was that I was um if I had to grade myself as a father for the five months before Lindsay went in the hospital on Valentine's Day in 1988, I was a horrible dad. I mean, I was I give myself a failing grade because all I did was work and all I did was sing. Uh, I was gone on weekends singing, and I was gone five or six days a week working. And I worked a second job. And so it wasn't until, because of that denial I was talking about earlier, I basically just thought she'll be here forever. You know, she'll be fine. And then when she went in the hospital, it just kind of rocked my world. And she she lived 30 days in the uh, Johns Hopkins Intensive Care Unit. And so when you came along, it gave me an opportunity to to not be that kind of dad. And uh, granted, I still had to work. And I still love to sing, but I did a better job of balancing it and trying to support uh, your mom. Because really, when you were little, probably up until you was three or four, you know, 95% of everything was mom. Yeah. Uh, just because of your special care. I'm, Even up until... Uh, yeah, probably seven, eight, seven, nine. Yeah. Uh, I would help occasionally doing chest percussions on yeah. and stuff, but nothing like mom. So, But the difference with you was that I realized that you were a gift from the Lord, just like Matt was, and I couldn't take you for granted because you might not be there the next, you know, day or week or month or year. So it just, it made me be uh, somebody that was, and I also was a poor husband. I, I did a, I wasn't good to your mom with Lindsay because I just thought everything will be fine. And she's like, Matthew, she's not getting better. She's getting worse. And I'm like, hi, just don't worry about it. She'll be fine. But we know what happened. So um, I got a second chance to uh, be a better husband and dad and haven't always lived up to that, but I, I work real hard to uh, be better at both of those because God gave me uh, and you an amazing woman in her life. You call her mom and I call her sweetie. And, um, you know, so it's amazing as you get older, you appreciate things more. A lot of times when you're younger, you only appreciate what you spend money for. And as you get older, what you appreciate the most, money can't buy. Yeah. People, relationships, health, the relationship to God through Jesus Christ, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the power of prayer, answers to prayer. You know, just you, you can't, there's no way to value that. So, but yeah, it's, it's been, uh, for me, I can't say, I don't, I don't like to say it hasn't been easy because the Bible tells us our days are short and full of trouble. And that doesn't matter if it's me or you or anybody else, healthy or not healthy, living with a disability or not. Life is hard, and people go through hard things. And so, you know, life is hard, but uh, that I just heard a song not long ago talked about God is good. And life is hard, but God is good all the time. All the time. I mentioned this earlier that it says that a lot of fathers that have disabled children leave. Mm. Why did why you say? Oh, goodness. Um, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I, first of all, let me say this. It was never a thought to leave. So that's probably the, the easiest. Yeah. 
I mean, that's probably the easiest reason why, uh, you know, I didn't because it was never a thought. And, uh, you know, you're, uh, you know, my relationship to your mom, uh, it's, I couldn't, I couldn't have a better wife. And my relationship to, to you and Matt and, of course, Matt's family. But I think because uh, of your condition and the way you depend on us, you know, we have a close relationship. And, uh, I love and I'm trying to right? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's that's the bad, that's the bad quality. I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, but as far as uh, it, it was never a thought. I mean, it didn't even cross my mind ever once. And you know, it just I enjoy being you know with you and, and Matt and his family, but. You know, I've got a special relationship with your mom. She's just a, she's the perfect wife for me. And I've got a special relationship with you. Yeah. Uh, because you've been with me 32 years. And considering what happened with Lindsay, every day with you is a gift. Because we didn't expect you to live. And I'm a, I'm a daddy's girl. Yeah, I spoil you right. And your mom always reminds me when you're in a, when you're kind of being shall we say, ornery or uh, sassy, sassy sissy, your mom will say to me, she's just like you. I said, well, yeah, yeah. I, you're actually more sassy than I am. Um, but it's uh, it's so sad because I think, too, there's a spiritual aspect to it because um, there's a commitment that, you know, when I married your mom, the vows we made, and you didn't have a choice what family you were born into. So, yeah. Yeah, and he knew that we needed you. I've told people, if I've said it once, I've said it probably a hundred times in your life, uh, you have taught your mom and I a different way to love, a special kind of love. Because it's a, uh, so many times with, you know, with healthy people, it's a conditional love. Whatever you do for me, I'll love you. If you stop doing, <laughs> no more love. You know, how many times has a kid said to a parent, I hate you. They say, can I go out with a friend? No, you're not going out. I hate you. It's a conditional love. You give me what I want, I'll love you. If you don't give me what I want, I don't love you. Thank God we grow out of that. Because I was probably that dumb kid one time that said thanks to my mom or my dad that was mean. Because I didn't get what I wanted. Because I'd say I want something and they'd say, tough, you didn't get it. And so basically, I think it's, you know, it's something that your love is not that way. I think because you have to have a, and I know it's tough for you because you're a lot like me, but it takes a certain kind of humility to humble yourself, to depend upon people to do the simplest of things for you. Yes, sir. Whether that's to give you a drink or give you a bite or to scratch your uh, scratch, scratch the itch or whatever it is, um, you have to depend on people. And there's probably times that gets very frustrating for you. Yes, but yet it's also a blessing on the other hand because there's people that, that do that. And uh, it's kind of the same way. The way that you treat mom and I is, uh, it's a different kind of love. Not better or worse than what Matt gave us in any way. Oh, come on. He ain't listening. Oh, you, you know, if, you, if I tell you that you're my favorite on this podcast, he he gonna, he's going to hear it. Oh, yeah. Strike that from the record. He uh, but it's, uh, <laughs> your love is, is, uh, is special. And uh, But I think it's for people that, have made the choice to leave a situation, I bet my life that when they get older and they look back on it, it's one of those things that they'll take to the grave with them that they'll always regret 
it'll always bring them sadness. And if it doesn't, it's because there's a, a serious problem with their heart. Because they're missing a blessing. And it's uh, whatever effort you or your moms had to do for you over and above a person without a disability, the, the rewards we get back is tenfold or more. Just because of how you love us and look at you know the accomplishments that you've had, you know, this podcast, your Katie King Kids Ministry, uh, your college degrees, all this stuff that the doctor said, you know, we don't know if she'll be able to do anything. And uh, you do uh, everything and more than we do. So, um, man, if I would have, if, if I'd have been one of those guys that in a moment of weakness ran, man, what I would have missed out on. I can't imagine it. And I would have missed out on too. That's right. I tell you all the time, you'll never get a dad that loves you like me. You're so special. And you are to me. I love you so much. And you know I love you. Was it changed anything? Mm, I, I changed nothing about uh, you. I uh, Yeah, for me, there's things I'd change. Because you can always critique your life. And look, anybody that says, if I had it all to do over again, I wouldn't change a thing. Well, they're either a liar or a fool. Because there's no perfect human. There's nobody perfect. There's relationships that have been broken because of uh, stupid things that I've said or how I've treated people. What would you do if somebody came to us in the and said, I have a killer, you can walk. You can walk? Yeah. I'd look at you and say, sis, what do you want? I mean, it's all about you. It's what's best for you. I mean, your mom and I, we've tried not to, other than for adult things, we've tried not to inject ourselves into your life you know, over the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, like we did the first 20 plus. Yes, sir. Because you're an adult, you need to learn. There's just been times we've had to give some advice and coach about things just like my mom and dad did to me. It's normal. But really, uh, I might have I plead the fifth. <laughs> but as far as, uh, you know, I would say to you, Amber, that's your decision. And I know you'd make it a matter of prayer and you'd seek out, you know, what to do. If, if there were no risks to the treatment, I think what you would say would be the same thing your mom and I would say. If there's yeah. no risk and there's this kind of potential reward, let's do this. However, in your life, we've never had things that really wasn't without some form of risk. So that would be your decision. You've always made pretty good decisions. You are one of the most amazing men on earth. I always believe that. And I'm so beyond black. I feel the exact same way about you. I think I got the better end of the deal. I love you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Hey, it was my pleasure being here. Maybe we can come back again sometime and we can do a podcast on Southern Gospel Music or something. Yeah, hey. All right. Yeah. Great being with you. I love you. Yeah. You. <laughs> so just to wrap this up, I wanted to share a few passages of scripture with you guys. The first one is Psalm 127, verses 3 to 4. I'm reading this from the New Indian version. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Amen. 
Our next one is Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Again, I'm reading from the New Indian Version. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because anybody who lives with a disability is relying on their family, at least to some degree, for their care. And I think it's easy for everybody, but especially people with disabilities, to take our parents for granted. And it's not good to do that, especially if you have special circumstances and your parents do everything to help you. If, if you're blessed enough to have parents like mine, then you really need to be careful not to take them for granted. And the Bible says, honor your father and your mother that you need maybe long on the earth. So it is hand in hand. We need our parents to take care of us and raise us and go through life challenges with us. But on the flip side, we need to honor them and respect them and give them the admiration that they deserve. Because the truth is that friends and caregivers that family is supposed to be forever and we need to appreciate them and show them as much love and grace as we possibly can. If anybody out there is listening to this hot episode and you yourself are a father of a disabled child or a special needs child. I know some people don't like to say special needs. It doesn't bother me, but I'm just going to say it. If you know of any special needs fathers, or if you yourself are a special needs father, there is a website that I have found. It is, uh, it is found at 21stcenturydads. Dot org. And what that is, it's 21st century dads dot org. And if you go there, there is a special father's network that you can get involved with there. And it's online, but they will pair a new special father with a mentor who has going through a similar experience and you can rely on one another and share life with each other. But I think that's a wonderful thing. I think that if we can rely on one another and realize that we're not alone, it makes this life a lot more bearable and a lot more beautiful. So on that note, I'm going to end this episode. It was a little hard to get through because I'm not quite doing my best after last night. But hey, 
Actually, we had a great time with my dad, and I hope and pray that it was a blessing to you, and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye, pal.